I'm Roman Johnson, and this is the Creative Sheep Podcast. Greetings and welcome everyone to the Creative Sheep Podcast. Now, I don't know if you can feel it through the speakers or the headphones that you're listening to, but there is a buzz in the air here at Creative Sheep HQ. We are feverishly working like a bunch of Christmas elves on a very exciting project that uh, that we're going to be letting you know about here in the next couple months. Uh, it's something we've never done before. We're really excited about it. And like I said, over the next couple podcasts, we'll be giving you a little more details uh, as to what it is, but it's super cool. But right now it's super secret, so I got to keep it on lock. Uh, but also something that we're, we're pumped about and that we're doing is we're doing a giveaway. We looked around and we thought, hey, there is not enough iPads being given away. We, we, we thought we should fill that void. So we are going to give away two free iPads and it's super easy to sign up. Uh, all you have to do is go on to thecreativesheep.com, our website on the World Wide Web. And when you get on there, there's going to be a window that pops up. You can put in your information there and it's going to sign you up. And we're going to be doing a drawing. And if we draw your name, you're the winner. It's that simple. So definitely go onto our website and do that. If you've never been to our website, just browse around, you know, uh, definitely watch some videos, have some fun on there. Uh, and uh, just to stay up to date on all the things we got going on here at Creative Sheep, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. It is at creative underscore sheep. So definitely do that. But let's go ahead and get to our episode today. We have a very exciting guest. You know, it's it's really, it's it's a cool time to be in the church world and be in ministry and, and, and reaching people for God because churches are finding ways, uh, more ways than ever before to reach more people. And one of the ways that they're doing that is through something called multi-site or multi-campus. And of course, that's having, you know, one church with several locations and you're simulcasting the message on the weekends. And there's a lot of churches that are doing this, but one church, one guy in particular comes to mind when you think of this, and it's Pastor Shannon O'Dell. And he's just has the coolest story. So without any further ado, let's go to Jared Hogue interviewing Pastor Shannon O'Dell. Welcome to the Creative Sheet Podcast. My name is Jared Hogue, and I am honored to have a guest with us today. Uh, we have Pastor Shannon O'Dell from Bergman, Arkansas. And unless you've been living under a rock, you probably have heard his name. Uh, Pastor Shannon is a devoted husband and father of four. Uh, people know him as innovative, inspiring, and committed to reaching out to struggling rural churches and churches with a rural state of mind. He has now served as the brand new church senior pastor for over seven years in Bergman, Arkansas, which is a small community of just over 400 people. Uh, but Brand New Church has grown from 31 to 2,000 members with seven campuses, network churches, and an online campus under Pastor Shannon's leadership. He's the author of Transforming Church in Rural America, as well as his latest book, At the Table. Please welcome Pastor Shannon O'Dell. Pastor Shannon, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. I'm honored to be with you. Pastor Shannon, what I'd love for you to do is just, uh, for those that may not know who you are, which I'm sure are few and far between, if you wouldn't mind just sharing briefly your story and how you got started in ministry and, and as a senior pastor. I was serving in Oklahoma City with uh, First Southern uh, Baptist Church in Oklahoma City, Pastor Tom Ellis, just love him, love the ministry there, and he is now serving with the International Mission Board as a president, and I just knew God was calling me to senior leadership. I knew he was calling me that Episcopos leader role um, within a local body, 
and I knew that he was going to call me to North Atlanta or the north side of Dallas or, you know, somewhere you can just almost be guaranteed to grow a, a large church. And then I received a call from a church in South Lead Hill, Arkansas, population 88. And little did I know that uh, that, that was uh, even a possibility in God's mind because it definitely wasn't in mine. And uh, because I, you know, was anticipating a a suburb of a metro area and get a church plant going. But uh, as we continued to throw fleeces, God clearly directed us. And he just said to me, he said, Shannon, what if I used you to pioneer to blaze a trail in rural America? And through a, um, a relatively long story, Cindy and I submitted to God's call. We we believed that if God was calling us there, that there would be a 100% unanimous vote, and there was, 31 people. And uh, we packed up and moved to the town of 88. There's actually a bigger town. South Lead Hill is uh, the, uh, the split off of Lead Hill, population 249. And uh, we ended up there. God blessed us. We we. The church grew. We uh, then had another smaller campus uh, church come to us in Birdman, just ask if they would take, you know, hey, guys, take over our church. We, we're not growing, and we started a multi-site, didn't even know it was cool, and uh, then ended up outgrowing both those buildings and leased a gym uh, in Birdman, population 407. And then uh, just after about 13 or 14 months being in the gym, we moved into a 40,000-square-foot facility, in Bergman, Arkansas, and God's just—he's—he's he's blessed ever since, and we—we uh, we love it. We do—we do have multiple campuses, and uh, we have one in Texas. We have several in Arkansas. We have one in Russia, and God's really blessed it in a great way. What an amazing, amazing story! And you know, one thing I love about your story, Pastor Shannon, is—is is, um, I've heard you talk before about how. Uh, for you, it wasn't in starting this church and 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 doing this in a town of population four hundred and seven that it wasn't about achieving a certain level of success. But for you, it was more about being effective, and and that you have a certain way that you define being effective. So, if you don't mind, speak a little more to that. Well, for me personally, it in ministry especially, and you run in circles of your profession, regardless of it's. Uh, car dealerships or medical field or whatever it may be, you you always have these pinnacles or goals. And in ministry, we're probably the worst at it. You know, we'll see, you know, glitz and glamour of a large ministry, and we'll say, man, if we could just do this. God settled my heart to the clarity of, Shannon, I, I don't want you to necessarily be known. I want you to be effective. And, and in being effective, here's what it means. You know, one life change after another life change after another life change. And we're passionate about communicating the gospel and doing it effectively. And, and the thing that is such a, a shame oftentimes, and, and I'm guilty of this as well, is we'll see a church or the size specifically or maybe in a small town and we'll write off their creativity and their ability to grow. And the reality may be just they have a population quotient, a leadership quotient, um, uh, an economic quotient that limits them to a certain level, but they're still affected, and that's our goal. That's awesome. And two, with that is is you didn't, despite the small beginning, and you really just latched in and took off with it. And and one of the things I heard you talk about about being effective um, is you actually have put together an acronym for what being effective looks like. 
Um, and it's, it's, it's the acronym off the word value. Um, and so why don't you just jump in and, and first off with the V, what does the V stand for in value? The, the V stands for vision and my team, um, the, the team leads, the volunteers, the staff that we have, the question we ask, even if it's a creative meeting or a campus pastor a gathering, or for instance, we'll do a midweek pep rally for a big event we're doing on the second Sunday and, and coming up here soon of the month, and we, we just always ask this question, is it value? Did it bring value? Was that a value moment? The way we evaluate our weekend experiences, was that value? And vision is so imperative. You know, we obviously know the scripture reference concerning it, but vision is what gets you there. And if, without any vision, um, you know, it becomes crippling, and it really becomes, uh, it neutralizes growth because you're doing things without an outset goal. And we have a very clear vision at Brand New Church, along with our Mercy Malls, and that is to reach the last, to reach the lost, and to reach the least. And it's uh, something that we're very passionate about. And then we look at the word value in this acronym as attitude. And we all know that, you know, Philippians 2, 5, our attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. And, and that truly is a mental thing. Uh, King James actually translates that, the mind of Christ. And we want a mindset, an attitude that is exactly what Jesus is. In Matthew 16, 18, I will build my church. And so we approach it with that attitude, a positive attitude. I was reading in my quiet time. Uh, just this past week, and in Psalms, I believe it's 44, it says that God gives us the oil of joy. And we want an attitude that demonstrates the power of the Holy Spirit in our life, and we want an attitude of belief and an attitude that God can do it. He says we can do even greater things. And, and plus, I don't, I don't like negative attitudes, so, and God doesn't either. And the L in value is leadership, you know. Uh, we've we've heard it said so many times. It's an unknown author, but it, he who think he leadeth and have no one following is only taking a walk. And we can determine success as team leads and and as uh, children's pastors and student leaders and whatever it is, a husband, um, father. If you're leading and no one's following, you've got to ask yourself why. Now, there's going to be seasons, and you're going to have fall-off and need deeper recruitment, all those kind of things, but there's a consistent leadership that it takes an organization, a family, most importantly, your personal life, because you can't lead yourself, you can't lead anyone else, um, then that takes you to that next level, which is the you um, in value, and that's understanding. And what I, The way I like to use that word is get underneath the authority of God's Word and stand tall, stand in your gifts, stand in your calling, stand in what God is saying for you to do this day. And for those that are playing, um, you know, a support role, serving as student pastors and creative leaders and so forth, that's standing under the authority of God's Word and also underneath the authority of your senior pastor's vision uh, for that local body. And that allows you to, to be in the blessed place of authority and operate in a, in a beautiful uh, relationship together to grow God's church. And once you stand underneath and you understand authority, that's when you're going to be an effective leader. And and the last is the E, and that's excellence. And we're just passionate about it. Excellence doesn't mean you have a ton of money. It doesn't mean you've got huge budgets. It doesn't mean you've got millions of dollars in staff members and buildings. It just means instead of choosing to put styrofoam cups out with your coffee, you get something about five cents 
you know, maybe two cents a cup cheaper, excuse me, uh, maybe more expensive than cheaper, but it, it looks nicer. And it's weird. It's, a, it's just taking the greenery instead of it being dusty, it's cleaning it off. And it's taking those windows instead of having kids' hands prints and just wipe it. I mean, there's so many things you can do to breed excellence, especially for those of us that are teaching week in and week out. Bring, uh, bring the heat. Shuck the corn, as I've heard it said. Um, you know, do everything you can to breed and bring excellence. And that's our heart, and that's our uh, definitely our passion at Brand New Church. Amazing, amazing information there. Definitely stuff we can all use. Um, and to kind of back up just a little bit here with with some of these things and with your with your history and being a youth pastor and then eventually moving into uh, now as the senior pastor for the past <clears throat> seven, uh, going on eight years, I believe, um, one of the things that uh, many of our listeners, uh, including myself, uh, I think can benefit from is kind of hearing your perspective on on that now being on both sides of the coin, but specifically with the first part of that acronym, the V, that get a vision that when you're in a support role, whose vision is it about? There's no doubt it's about the senior leader of that organization. You know, um, you, you let's just take it out of the local church and put it in, um, for instance, the largest retailer in the world, Walmart, which happens to be in my home state. Um, there's no one that's taking um, their former shirts where they were employed at Target and their name badge and wearing it at a Walmart. Uh, when you get there, you fall in line underneath the leadership of that organization as well as the vision of that organization. And the, the difficulty, you know, on both sides of the fence for us is you receive such a specific calling in ministry and you feel such onus to that. Let's say it is student ministry and you're called as a student pastor and you've got this vision, that very vision, and this vision. The greatest place of blessing is when you have that vision as the um, supporting role of the pastor's already very clear vision, not in one that is a, um, in any way divisive, or misdirectional, or, or a split-off. It is, it is supporting the, the overall vision that God has given that senior leader to lead the church. And once you can get in that place, you're going to have a greater ministry, you're going to have greater effectiveness, and God's going to bless in a, in a huge way. And then, too, just kind of a, a side note on that, um, one of the things I've heard you say before uh, in regards to getting a vision, and and you kind of talk about how your home and yourself personally, and you alluded to this a minute ago, that if you can't lead yourself, you can't lead others. Um, but there was one thing in particular that you talked about um, that you need to make sure the vision is in place, and that's just in your home, if you're married um, and with your wife. Um, if you wouldn't mind touching on that just a little bit. Well, the, the truth of any pastor is that if we can't lead our bride, we definitely don't need to be leading God's bride. And the measure of effectiveness in any ministry, and by the way, I'm not saying perfection. Jesus is a perfection for us. It doesn't mean you're not going to have marriage hurdles or, or some hiccups here or there. Of course you are. I mean, we all do. That's what makes relationships great, is that we're vulnerable. Uh, a great relationship is a relationship that has set itself in vulnerability to potentially be hurt. Um, that's what love is. But what it means is, is I'm leading in that role in my home with my kids. Doesn't mean my kids are perfect, but it means they are consistent, that they're faithful, that they're lovers of the house, that uh, my wife is 
one that's a lover of the house, or there are days that she doesn't want to go to church, and days that your kids don't, and days you don't want yourself, of course. But when you're leading your home, that's when you're able to bring it to his home, his house, and be as effective as possible. And First Timothy chapter three says it so clearly, and and that's why I'm so passionate about marriage, so passionate about marriage events. Uh, that we do at Brand New Church and, and, and letting people see, because the greatest testimony, the greatest gospel tract that I have is my marriage. And that's what I want people to see and learn from and be able to model. And you've actually got a track record, not just in ministry, but also in your marriage. You're going to, is it 21 years of marriage now? 20 and a half years is where we're at, 21 August the 7th. Congratulations. That is, that is amazing and unheard of these days. So it's definitely coming from a place of experience. Um, and then moving on here to the, the attitude segment again um, in, the, in the value acronym with attitude. How do you deal with people um, in your ministry uh, that may have attitude problems? Well, if you're dealing specifically with staff, you've got to deal with it head on. You know, you've got to sit them down and not necessarily in some, you know, intense confrontational shakedown, but... You definitely have to bring to their attention what that attitude and what the result and what that is being mirrored within the organization because, um, especially team leads, strategic coordinators, staff members, paid staff, bivocational staff, these, these people that you've entrusted to lead other people within the organization, within the local body, you've got to just address it. And anytime the attitude's sour, anytime the attitude's not winning, anytime the attitude is, uh, definitely something that is, um, Negative. We just address it. We go to them, talk with them, encourage them, let them know, and uh, you know this is what we see. And then give them some props on how to make an attitude change. And the greatest way to change an attitude, especially within a staff member that's struggling with their attitude, is to make sure you're demonstrating as a leader, yours, that you're building a relationship at whatever level you're dealing with that staff, whether it's supervisor down or whether it's directly with that staff, that you're demonstrating an attitude that um, is effective because oftentimes they're going to take on your attitude as a leader. And then another way is just make sure that you're very clear about what you've seen and what you desire to change because a lot of times we just don't want to confront it. And we'll tell another staff member or a key staff, managerial staff or uh, next-level staff and be like, hey, man, this guy's real. And just go to him, Talk with them about it. And it seems like it always is more effective. And for the folks out there that are, are, aren't are necessarily in a leadership role right now in which they, they have people reporting to them, or rather they don't have people reporting to them yet, but one day aspire to be in that role, whether, whether it is uh, to eventually be a youth pastor, or a worship leader, or eventually a senior pastor, uh, what what advice would you give them in regards to leadership right now? I would just say, you know, whatever you practice today, you'll perform tomorrow. And so if you um, are struggling with communication now, whether it's on the, the, the most uh, um, basic level, just two or three preschool leaders, and they're all serving on Sundays, and you're struggling getting calendaring out or struggling getting communication or gratefulness to them, I can promise you that having a paid staff member, you're not going to change who you are by struggling with it in that at that level. So just go to them. Uh, encourage them. Have them in your home. I'm passionate about that. Um, you know, hospitality is such a huge 
uh, gifting uh, for those that are in that senior leadership. And again, as you grow, tears grow different and, and you have greater influence. But uh, have them in your home. Let them see your home life. Let, you know, develop it, whether it's group or whether it's just a monthly fellowship or uh, you, I don't know, have bingo night or just hang out and go roller skate. And I don't know what you do, but have a great influence in their life because whoever you think you'll be when you have 10 staff members is not who you will be. It's, it's what you are that will allow you to take you down the road to who you really will be. And I just say your character will never allow you to go somewhere that your character is not being demonstrated and lived out in your life. So I want my character to be able to take me down the road so I can grow that. So whether it's one volunteer take it to the next level and it's always promised to grow. And then kind of kind of along that same lines uh, as far as someone that is a- aspiring um, to be a leader one day and they are sitting under the leadership of someone else um, what's the best thing they can do right now to propel themselves for the future? I, I would say support, serve and become an extension of that direct supervisor, lead, pastor whatever it is become an extension of them. You know, Numbers chapter 11 is so beautiful because Moses took that, I believe it was 70 people, and and he just prayed that they would take on his spirit, not in the sense of Holy Spirit, obviously, but in the sense of take on my my spirit as a person, attitude, and leadership desire, and vision. And I would just take that Numbers 11 passage and just pray it and believe that God's going to allow you to be an extension of that, whether you're the associate youth pastor or you're the worship pastor under a senior pastor or whether you're a senior pastor and you have a governance board or you've got mentors in your life. Just find yourself taking on the becoming an extension of those great leaders and, and that support. You can't go wrong. You're always blessed. And, um, and I promise, and that doesn't mean, by the way, passivity or hey, I'm just going to do whatever he says regardless. I mean, it doesn't mean you go brainless, but it does mean that whenever you do have a um, an idea or something that you want to bring to the table, you're bringing it to the leader. You're not going rogue on it and doing your own deal. So, yeah, become an extension of that leader. Because be his voice. Be his arms. Be his already answering the questions before anybody even has to know because you're that intentional about following that leadership and that vision. And then back to the excellence part of, of value, the E here. <clears throat> One of the things you, you I've heard you talk about before, and you, you briefly touched on this just a little bit ago, and that excellence doesn't necessarily mean spending tons and tons of money and having a huge staff to do things with excellence. Um, in fact, you, you gave the example in a talk I heard you on where for you, excellence, when you first started was simply changing the light switches. If you don't mind, tell that story. Yeah. When I first went to the first campus we were at, they, you know, the, the little office hallway had like some vanilla colored uh, covers and black switches. And then we went around the corner to, you know, just kind of a typical old school fellowship hall. And there was like a mauve light switch with a black cover. And then we went on around the corner and then they were both black and then went around a little further and there was a white one with a red, uh, reddish mauve colored switch. And I was just like, surely um, we can get um, these um, colors coordinated so it looks excellent. And that's what we did. We just started with the simplest form 
and took every one of the light switches and made them all black and black. And uh, it was such a simple, simple change, but it made a huge, huge aesthetic change. And then we went in the preschool area, and paint's relatively cheap, unless you're doing, obviously, 100,000 square feet, but you can just make some. So we just made a few changes in the preschool area. Then we sanded down some old wood doors and, and, and put a different color uh, stain on it and made sure the door handles looked good and made sure that the, you know, even down to the toilet paper hold, holders and the, that we actually had a one bathroom. It was just a, a, a unisex bathroom. It had a mob sink and a, and a white toilet. And we just went in and took that mob sink out and put a white. It is amazing just that level of excellence because pe- even people in rural want things to look nice and they, they can, they can sense that that um, has excellence to it. So I, I just encourage everybody just to get somebody with fresh eyes, walk through, um, and make things look as excellent as you possibly can. That's so, so true. Uh, we were fortunate enough to do a, a podcast with Michael E. Gerber, the author of E-Myth, and he talks about uh, having a, a, a fascination with the little things and what that adds up to be, and we hear about that in in this in Steve Jobs' story and how he created Apple, um, and we're hearing the same thing here from you. And all in all, just uh, those light switches cost what, like five or ten dollars? Oh yeah, it, oh not yeah. I mean, it was a probably when we did everything, it was a twenty five dollar investment, and it changed everything. I mean, people even in your subconscious, and when we took out the old you know nasty. Uh, styrofoam cups and just put in some cups that you know you can buy at a you know have a little bit of a decorative feel to it or just a cardboard sleeve on them um you know with a heavy paper one it just it says i'm not at the moose lodge that i'm not at the back break room of some old retail store i mean i've come i'm excellent and this cup of coffee means more than just some lazy purchase it's eternal that everything we do in that local environment, local church environment, it's eternal, whether it's opening the doors or chatting that parking lot that's not got any chat on it or whatever it is. I mean, making it look just a little bit um, excellent and then taking excellence to the next level in your worship. And it's communicated especially through excellent teaching. Um, and, I mean, I, I could go on and on on those details. <laughs> And you've definitely been there. You, you just touched on doing things in excellence with your worship. If I'm not mistaken, at one point you had an organ player who, and and I mean no disrespect to this gentleman, but uh, who was deaf. Yeah, yeah, Bob. He was great guy, Bob Bielson. He was a, just a precious man. But uh, he had for years. I mean, uh, at least 15 years that I'm aware of, with a real, real precious lady named Teresa Sharp. They led worship together at that campus for over 15 years. Uh, Teresa's still a, a dear friend of ours, still teaches school in the Bergman schools. And, um, the, but, but he was a guy that was leading worship and leading it, um, just from her hand motions. He was completely deaf. And in his deafness, you know, he would just kind of go off and sometimes be slow and sometimes it wouldn't. And it was very, very unique. And we just made a couple little subtle changes that, and of course, we did it in a in a in a sensitive time and manner that allowed it to be more effective. But yeah, you've got to address those and and uh, and and take it all to the next level. So, in order to be effective, you want to bring value or create value, and that's v get a vision. 
A is, is have attitude. L is leadership. And I've heard you say it before, Pastor Shannon, lead, 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 lead. And probably a few more on top of that. Um, the, a, the U is, is under authority. Get under authority, the authority of God's word, under the authority of your senior pastor. And then E, do things with excellence. Um, and while we've got you on the line, one more question I want to ask you. When you started Brand New Church, um, when you moved from the town of 88 to the town of 407, um, and you had this vision to create, and if I'm last I heard, your vision is that you'd like to see 100 churches um, in little towns across the U.S. That's correct. Um, did you did you have everything figured out when you first started? Did you know how you were going to do all of this when you first launched out? Oh, of course not. Of course not. And I and I still don't. And that's the beauty of it. It's you know the moment I have it all figured out is the moment that God's not involved in it. And uh, the the more reliance I have on Him, the more uh, effectiveness. Um, and more in my weakness, his strength, and we know that, it, that that's where the blessed place is. So, yeah, we're still trying to figure it all out. We've made so many changes even in the last, oh, I don't know, six to eight months. That's just crazy, wild stuff, and, and you're constantly in that ebb and flow of of uh, tweaking and, 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 and making things better and more excellent. And then, you know, there's obviously the hurdles that you've got to jump because people think, okay, well, once you speak at a large conference or write a book or, you know, you're on a, you know, a cover of this or that, then, oh, you must have it all together. No, it is constant, constant change, constant ebb and flow, and constantly a target. So whether you say, oh, man, I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to do this, and this is how it's going to happen. If you know all that, um, that's neat, but I, I doubt it's a clear call of God. Where you're usually walking is where Noah walked and where Abraham walked and where Moses walked, and that is, God, if, if you don't lead us, we're not going. And that's what we're in. We're just following him and, and, and going to keep plugging away and fight the good fight. Pastor Shannon, thank you so much for what you do. Thank you for joining us today. Um, you're truly an inspiration, and it's it's amazing that you continually just give all the glory to God um, in what you're doing and where you're going. Um, folks, make sure you get his books, Transforming Church in Rural America, and his latest book, At the Table. Uh, Pastor Shannon, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, whether Twitter, Facebook, email, whatever, what would be the best way for them to reach out to you? Whether it's uh, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, it's just Shannon O'Dell. Just everything Shannon O'Dell, and it'd be easy to find me on any of those. It's just at Shannon O'Dell, at Shannon O'Dell on Instagram, and then just Facebook.com backslash Shannon O'Dell. Perfect. Again, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Boom! There you have it. Pastor Shannon O'Dell, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing some of the things you've learned with our listeners. We really do appreciate it. Now, we have some really exciting podcasts coming up. Next month, we're going to have author Michael E. Gerber, who wrote the book E-Myth. Now, if, you, if you've not read this book or, or heard of it, you got to go pick it up right now. Get this thing uh, and read it because, man, it applies to business. It applies to church. If you're a pastor, you're going to love this book. Uh, go get it right now because next month, we are going to have Michael E. Gerber on the podcast, and we are really, really excited about it. Now, in case you have forgotten in the last 30 minutes, we are giving away an iPad mini, two of them actually. So head right now to thecreativesheep.com 
It'll take you 60 seconds to sign up. It's super easy, uh, and you can win a free iPad Mini. Hey, I think I think it's worth 60 seconds to maybe win a free iPad Mini. So definitely go do that right now. Again, a huge thanks from myself, Roman Johnson, Jared Hogue, and the whole Creative Sheep crew uh, for taking the time and listening to this podcast. You're awesome. We'll catch you next time.